0: of the a couple with podcast today I will be having a couple with Claire Courtney from the Heart and Parcel Community Project Claire co-founded the community project in Manchester in 2015 to bring women from different communities together by making dumplings and developing English as a second language Hi Claire and welcome to the show. How are you today?
1: Hi Pam. Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Thanks so much for having me today.
0: Oh, you're so welcome. How are you dealing with the lockdown so far?
1: Good. Not bad, surprisingly. I've been doing, unsurprisingly, lots of cooking. So yeah. it's, it's been, it's taken, you know, it's been great. It's been really, really good to kind of have that distraction.
0: Yeah, definitely. So you haven't took up any sort of like cross-stitching or anything like that since, uh,
1: everybody else doing that. <laughs> so, I'm terrible at cross stitch, terrible, terrible, no I've been opening up all the old recipe books that I've never had the chance to go through and just kind of revisiting all these old kind of recipes and stuff so that's been really fun.
0: Oh great, so tell us about Heart and Parcel, what's it all about and how did it all begin?
1: Okay so um, Heart and Parcel started back in 2015, gosh that's about five years ago now and um, we, it was but myself and one of my best friends who I met in a restaurant actually in Manchester, um, we were both waitresses, and we also on the side worked as uh, Carolina worked as a social worker um, with lots of different organizations around Manchester and I myself had just um, graduated from Manchester uni um, with an anthropology degree, and I'd also wow. done a teaching degree as well a teaching uh, qualification, so I just thought right, I wanted to go back into the community in Manchester I'd done a stint in China teaching and I'd come back and I'd been teaching in lots of different communities around Manchester as well teaching ESOL which is the uh, English speakers of other languages it's the Mm -hmm. government-run English classes and um, we just decided that we wanted to 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 marry two of our things so one of them was a love uh, which was a love for food yeah (laughs) cooking (laughs) Uh, for dumplings and i'll get to that in a minute of why it's 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 dumplings that were so important to us and um and then also a frustration so what we were seeing in our in our work on a daily basis was that yes there was provision and yes there was some money um but not all money but some money being pumped into these different areas but the provision was usually quite misinformed it wasn't really being um It was being misallocated. It was a bit messy. Um, The people, learners, were not really getting the kinds of um, provision that they needed through English language or access to services. Mm -hmm. So we felt like, what's going on here? And in my classes, I found I was teaching English to um, people that um, perhaps didn't necessarily need to learn that particular kind of English. So perhaps maybe uh, a woman was coming into my class and we were learning all about employability when actually... She'd already had, you know, a full time job with her five kids and that she just needed um, English for homework or to teach her kids how to to read and to do all these other things. So I just found the provision not very meaningful. mm -hmm. So we wanted to take all that pressure away and we wanted to just discover and try to find out what do the learners want? What do the people who actually access this provision, what do they want? Yeah. And The only way that we found the commonality through everything with all of that, with all of the work that we did was through food. So obviously everyone loves food. Everyone's needs, everyone needs to eat. Yes, um, We just found that people connected through food. So at the end of these ESOL classes or if Carolina had had a good client, they'd usually reward her with food or we would have a party or an event. And we just felt like this is a really good way to connect people. You know, mm-hmm. it's a really, really good way to have that starting point of really simple English language. So, what's that? How does it smell? How does it taste? What ingredients did you use? To like wider, higher level English language, you can take it to memories. You can take it to politics if you want. You can yeah. take it to economics. You can take it to mm-hmm. finance. You can go everywhere. So we found that it really, really like helped a lot of our learners, depending on how how far they wanted to take it. Yeah. It was therefore like a springboard for. Yeah for conversation and so yeah that's how we started it through through that through that kind of idea um dumplings was was a funny one (laughs) so the way that we (laughs) the way that we um came across dumplings was carolina's polish and she as a kid she made dumplings with her grandmother with her mother it's a proper tradition there like you'll get together, you get the dough, you get the someone has the filling, someone rolls out, someone someone peels the vegetables. You it's a shared community. Yeah. Uh, shared like communal space. And um mostly women do it. And yeah. the same with me in, in China. So I also grew up in Hong Kong. Um and I also spent a while out in China teaching. And I noticed that when I was invited around to people's houses it would be that we would make dumplings together. Right. So be folding and filling and laughing and looking at our kind of really badly shaped dumplings and stuff but we would be chatting <laughs> all the while chatting yeah. and I noticed that doing something with your hands was a really nice distraction yeah for what was coming out of your mouth the pressure was taken away
0: yeah I was gonna so, say actually it probably is like less pressure because I think cooking and even for me, for me from coming from an Indian background oh. um, you know cooking is a massive thing and it's a really like um it's just it's, it's a really inclusive thing isn't it and everyone's comfortable in their kitchen cooking environments
1: absolutely absolutely and i think that's exactly right and i think and, and going to indian culture as well there's 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 dumplings all kinds of wrapped food in every culture absolutely every single culture and so that kind of that process of making can be can be transferred across all these different cultures and so we realized actually this this kind of way of making something is such an amazing way to start an English class so that's when we went to a Cheetham Hill which is up in the north of Manchester um used a community center there and just invited um women along to this um English and cooking class got them in um, taught them a bit of English through ingredients, but then also showed them the process of making Chinese dumplings first and then yeah. it was dumplings the next day and It was just a real success from the from the get go really really, really um successful. We had a really high learner turnout because suddenly the learners realized that English could be fun, yeah didn't have to learn the kind of targeted goals and things that were kind of set by certain classes and formal provision yeah you actually just have fun and english could be used as a communicative way to 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 make friends and make connections. yeah yeah that's, that's where it started really
0: yeah oh that's really good it's really good it's like the clientele that you got, was it strictly Mm. through like just people that you knew from your previous lessons that you taught? Or was it, did you have, how how did you get people involved in it at the beginning?
1: It's a really good question because I think it's quite important when, especially when other social enterprises are starting out, you do have to start with the people that you know. So we did start with, I was working for Manchester Adult Education Service um, as a uh, ESOL tutor around all the different areas. So I was then telling the learners about this new class. Caroline was also telling their cli- her clients about this new class. And we had that class in um, a community centre. People right. were by. And our inclusive nature is that we do not stop anybody from coming in um, yeah. unless they're a woman. I'll get to the reason why we chose women in a bit. Yeah. Um, but we, we do not restrict. So at any level... Any, any, they can come any time. So they can come halfway through the lesson. They can come at the beginning of the lesson. Our drop-in is that we do not try to turn away anybody. So anyone can come in. They don't even have to cook. They can just watch. So it's it's completely, completely organic, Um, and it's up to the learners what they want. But it's in a guided, facilitated space, so they feel structured. And then from then, we found that our demographic of women. The best way to attract more people is through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And that has been really, really important to us. That's spread across communities. Uh, communities have said there's this class, you can yeah. really learn English, and with a qualified English teacher, but also mm-hmm. in, a, in a relaxed way. Yeah. And through that, it's, it's kind of come from word of mouth, and then it's grown to other organizations um, using us, uh, Refugee Action, for example. Um, we've had uh, private projects with Bowars Trust. We've also had the Job Centre actually sending oh, wow. quite a few people, really? and yeah, and care home referrals as well. So there's a lot. There's there's so much because it's a funny one. Because what happens with a project when you allow the learners to lead? When it's a yeah. learner led, client led project it can become really organic and go in ways that you would never imagine. Yes. We don't have control of it. It yes. just like goes off into all these different strands, which is why it looks so messy. Mm. But I think it's so important to appreciate that messiness because that is the human condition, right? That we're yeah. not, one yeah, thing. Yeah. we are so many different things. And if you can find ways and skills of facilitating that and harnessing that to try to support and guide, I think that's the the best kind of recipe for accelerating mm-hmm. learning, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So like I was just looking on your website there so you've done 180 cooking and English sessions mm-hmm. working with 255 women and girls from 24 different countries. Yes. 140 volunteers delivering language learning and empowerment and community. You've partnered with 61 different public private and community organizations and so far you've um you've done 56 fundraising events yeah (laughs) amazing in five years that is absolutely amazing the amount of stuff that you've done there really really good so why women
1: yeah it's it's a question we get asked out a lot and we've now we have opened it up but at the very very beginning the biggest thing in the news at that point was, I think basically the funding was being cut by ESOL. The funding right. was being cut to adult education. Now with those funding cuts, indirectly, they were impacting BAMER women. Right. And the way that they were doing that was because the money that was allocated to the classes, the English classes, that would be free yeah. for people who would come to live here, they were restricted to people who were job seeking. Um, people who were from a certain ethnicity. So at that point, it was the Syrian resettlement scheme. So there was a lot of um, provision, much needed provision for the Syrian uh, communities that were coming to settle.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But unfortunately, by having these restrictions and reallocating that money, there were a lot of women who were being left out. For example, in Levensum, in Longside, we have huge, huge numbers of Bangladeshi and Pakistani communities. Right, okay. We have people on spouse visas who um, have look after the home look after the children and they are working in the shops here around but they don't attend English classes because it's not for free they're not allowed to attend the English classes if they do attend English classes um, it, it usually it's free provision but then it's very kind of misguided and not very allocated to their needs
0: right right
1: so we found that actually women were becoming more and more isolated they weren't actually being kind of they didn't have the access to the services Mm -hmm. and this was actually becoming quite a big problem and then at the same time the media were saying that women specifically muslim women were blamed for extremism and this 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 was a discourse that this was a dialogue that went through the news and the media at the time so on the one hand the funding was being squeezed away and there was no access but on the other hand you've got this message of well they need to learn English and they're not learning English yeah So this contradiction and as a woman ground there no middle ground and it was a catch-22 they Mm. couldn't win they -hmm. were demonized in 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 many across the media but even more so at that point so that that really made us kind of quite uh, I don't know how that made us feel we still don't know how that makes us feel but we had to do some something and myself and Carolina with our skills mm. we jump in and and just start to create that that class so we started with women we know that that can be seen as exclude excluding certain yeah. uh, members of the community but with women also what comes is quite a lot of women in many cultures are seen as the hub they are seen absolutely as I was
0: going to say that I was actually going oh. to say that because because some cultures, women don't really get any other exposure to doing anything else other than being the homekeeper.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. And that is still and and what we wanted to say, because we've got it from many sides, we have people who um sometimes say, Oh, well, you are stereotyping women as mm. just cooks and that's all yeah. they can be. But our kind of what we, we what we say back to those people is that no, but the, the, the reality is that many women are the home makers that that is the reality for many people Mm -hmm. and that's still a very very respectable and responsible and high level quality role and we're not giving the the recognition it deserves
0: no absolutely i (laughs) agree because i think some of these women from different communities they actually aspire to be a good housewife a good wife a good mother, a good homekeeper, that is their aspiration, that is their ambition. And, yeah. and yes, it might be cultural. it might be cultural as to where it's come from, but it's, but for some people, for some women, that's not stereotyping them. That's what they want to be, that's what they feel that that's what their duty is, and that's what they want to do. So I think like with cooking, cooking is one of those things that's a massive part of a lot of cultures my culture you know all the women get around in the kitchen and they all cook do you know what i mean exactly and it's not it's not that it's not that the men can't they can and the men go into separate rooms but for for me that's not odd that's not stereotyping that's just that is just how they entertain themselves that you know food brings so
1: much joy to people and it's, and it's nourishment as well. This is another thing we, we, we find that actually, yes, by by looking quite a lot of the time, we do live in, you know, from my perspective, we do live in a man's world. And it's about yeah. time that we do give women the recognition. And actually by supporting, empowering and engaging women, you are then able to indirectly benefit the communities around you. So they're looking yeah. after, there's a lot of women who are looking after many young boys and many young girls and they will go on because they have um a nourishing uh caring home they will then grow up to 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 be successful and and yeah whatever way that is and so food and women working with food is such a nourishing thing. There are men we have many we have many um we still actually do workshops with men. Later on down the line, a couple of years later we did a workshop with um, men from the Medial Trust, which is a um, Organization that helps trafficked um, victims come oh, in. Oh wow! Okay. So we worked with a group of men and um, they made pierogi with them and it was fantastic but again that same kind of memories and the um, again we we asked them about their memories of food it all came went back to their mothers oh my mother cooks this for me lovely warming ideas of being a mother and I don't think it's a bad thing to focus on the woman no by focusing on the woman you actually make it more equal for everybody
0: absolutely and I also think it's really good as well with food you have to i think people have to remember these women are in a foreign country yeah these women are in a country that some of them may never have asked to come here some sure. some women may have come here due to marriage uh, some yeah. may have come as refugees for other reasons uh, there's yeah. lots of different reasons that they may not be here out of choice or but to them if you think about it they're in a country that's foreign to them so they may be foreign to the british people but them, the British people are foreign to them, and it's like understanding that cooking takes them back to their homes, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. their comforts
1: and it's yeah and it's it's an interesting one because we also with the with the with the women that we have again that um the idea of being a woman is again so messy there's so many oh yeah definitely (laughs) the amount you know 255 women and girls that we've worked with they're not the same they're not the same like they are so different and this is what I found in the ESOL classes that so many different backgrounds and reasons for learning english age gender ethnicity socioeconomic status uh, motivations for life uh, interests Mm -hmm. and hobbies how on earth can you teach english to all of those people yeah it just didn't make sense to me it it made more sense for me to, to ask them or to initiate what they wanted and then for me to facilitate that.
0: Right, facilitate so is that, that how practice? your drop-in sessions work then? So, yes. when, so if somebody comes in, say you've got a drop-in session tomorrow, it's starting at 10 o'clock, just as a hypothetical thing, mm-hmm. talk me through what a drop-in, se- drop-in session would entail and how it works. So if somebody's listening so, to this and they feel actually I want to be a part of that, yeah. how do they become a part of that and what does it entail?
1: so we have so the different strands of our project so we start off with our Mm drop-ins and they they run usually weekly so it depends on where we are so we actually don't have a base we actually go around different areas in manchester we go around places that are in need of um usually quite deprived spaces or in need Mm -hmm. of english language provision right and we for example we we set up in levensum in a a community center called levensum inspire Mm -hmm. and we get there Every Wednesday, for example, if it's on yeah. that day from 10 a.m. till 1 p.m., mm-hmm. 10 a.m. class starts. People can come in, we start the lesson. They just come in, they can sit down. They have to sign a form of consent, but that's about it for photography or things like that. Yeah, then we start the lesson. We just learn about all the different ingredients we learn a bit of english mm-hmm. we have volunteers the most important thing is our volunteers our amazing volunteers yeah they, it could not work without them right so we have quite an unusual setting that we have um perhaps two learners to every volunteer so we have okay. a high level of volunteers and the reason for that is we, we try to you mentioned before about the learners coming in these women coming in and perhaps they feel very foreign to britain yeah and another part of our, our project and ideas to help cohesion and community integration. Mm-hmm. So A lot of our volunteers are local, they come from the area, they come and join in with the session. So the oh, volunteer acts like a student basically, yeah. but they have the English language level that's a little bit more developed. Mm-hmm. So they're able to help the learner learn their English a little bit better at the same time joining in with the session. So then we learn a dish together. I do a little bit of a demo, or maybe it depends if we have a guest in. So now we've been running for many years. We have other women who have been through our classes teaching now. Oh,
0: amazing. So they're sort of giving back.
1: Yeah. So a lot of our learners have been with us for two or three years. They come back in. they teach how to do their food. I think that's really important, you know, because
0: I think when you've got new learners coming in and you've been a new learner being taught by somebody that's been there before, and they may even be of the same sort of cultural background or a similar cultural
1: background. The connection there is really good. It puts that person at ease. Absolutely. And that's always been our aim. We've never wanted to have this us and them. Mm. This has been so, so important. We've never wanted to have a hierarchy Mm. of the teacher and the student. We've always wanted to flip it. And so for us our way forward is learner-led sessions so having the learners teach their food and we've got like a cohort of women of 12 13 women they're the ones who actually wrote our cookbook as well we have wow and so the cookbook is um a result of one of the drop-in projects that then turned into like a formal project so we've got really lucky to get some lottery funded money to run a six week um project in two different locations about it was about english language learning through cooking but it was also about writing right what another thing is that after every project that we do we ask the women we do evaluation we're Mm -hmm. really 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 like careful about how we reflect on our project what we Mm -hmm. can do better and a lot of the women said we love speaking we love making dumplings we love doing this but yeah. really would like to do some writing because I need to learn how to fill out a form for the GP I need to learn how to like help my kids with their homework so we we're like right okay writing absolutely. so we started this writing project where women would come in with a recipe from their minds and I'm sure you, maybe your mothers and grandmothers have oh, the same absolutely. yeah if I'm and- I've asked
0: my mum for a recipe before and it's a
1: disaster. Yeah. She's she's
0: literally
1: like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Oh my gosh. It's it's constant. I can't imagine making a high quality cookbook with with 19 women who. Just like that. Yeah. Incredible (laughs) cooks. Incredible cooks. Some of the food that they've made, I have never tasted anything like it in my life. It it will stay with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. The way that. it's it's orally passed down so quite a lot of the time they will pass down um, recipes through their families or they'll or adapt certain things and they'll only have it in their mind so it's about getting all that onto paper combined with a memory and a story like why is this recipe important to you why does it mean so much to you what are the ingredients so that whole six weeks was about kind of getting that down writing it down writing it properly looking about quantities ingredients how to prepare things so there's a lot of language in there, verbs, writing sentences. Yes, yes. And then from that, we actually created all the dishes and had like a big public open workshop. Oh, and had all nice. The in and try all the food. And then that was when we started the cookbook. So we started to compile all of the recipes together to put it into this cookbook. And the funniest thing was, we—I have a really, really good friend who's an editor down in London. We were really lucky to work with her. She did this pro bono for us. Oh, so she, nice! That's really kind of her. Really incredible. She works for um, a food magazine down there, and so mm. she she decided to um, help us with it. And she said to me, actually, at the point when I collected all the recipes and had all this writing for all the women and everything, and she said, "Have you tested them yet?" the recipes i thought oh no i haven't even tested them so that was another great thing because then again talking about our community cohesion idea getting learners and um the members of the community around them to be Mm -hmm. involved so we did a call out and said does anyone want to test our recipes and we had 80 different people
0: oh amazing
1: testing the recipes so we sent out the recipes and we sent them to multiple people so we could get kind of a higher validity yeah it was amazing. So they were testing all the recipes and sending them back to me. But the most important thing was I was then sending them to the learners saying, yeah. look, at the photo, look at this, like this has gone wrong. This is... So they were WhatsApping me back and being like, oh, no, they need to put the heat up a little bit. They need to kind of fry it with butter. So this we realize that learning doesn't just stay within the classroom. Learning yeah. extends beyond everything so that's when it became part of their lives Mm -hmm. that's what was just so incredible about this project that it's all very very kind of led by the learner extends beyond the classroom and then becomes part of the community as well yeah definitely like starts with the women but then affects everybody (laughs) it does yeah so where can people buy that cookbook so they can buy the cookbook at the moment they can buy it online so we have on our website if they just go straight to heartandparcel.org, and with amd they can um go to buy our cookbook and it's just there and they can just order it online we deliver it straight to the house we also have um 10 11 amazing stockists now so oh nice yeah, so we have um, all, mostly local, we have one down in Kent, which is fantastic, a beautiful yes. Italian restaurant called Vitega Caruso, um, but the rest of them are in Manchester, cafes, mm-hmm. bars um, around our local area who support us and, and support our project.
0: That must be so proud, like the, the learners must be so proud to see that, so oh if they go God. into those places and they can see a cookbook that they've contributed to, they must be so proud.
1: They're like, it's so funny, Pam. They're like, they're like celebrities now in our, in our area. It's really funny. We've got like, when we, cause we had our big book launch at, at Whitworth Art Gallery, a big kind of art gallery here in Manchester. right? And um, we had um, Avzal Khan MP come and like open, you know, come and see us and like yeah. chat with us and, and quite a lot of kind of politicians that were there as well, because right. wow. it's really important, it's really, really, really important to have, to recognize that, this is a really important issue that we, 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 we want to raise awareness of, that migrant women and women in these communities mm. should not be seen as a problem.
0: Yeah.
1: They should be recognised and celebrated for their existing skills and knowledge that they bring yeah. to this country. They've got so much to give and so much to offer, but they just never get given that opportunity. No. Certain barriers. Yeah. If, you can, if our project can go some way to alleviating those barriers, whether that be through raising self-esteem, um, yeah. giving them platforms to speak, giving them platforms yeah. to develop their English language, um, giving them work opportunities as well. Yeah. Then then that that's that's good enough for us.
0: Oh that's amazing. Yeah. I'm lucky as well. So you
1: guys do supper clubs. Yeah. Tell us about these supper clubs. Yeah. So everyone so, loves a supper club. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Have you been to loads?
0: I've been to a couple. I think it's oh, amazing. yeah yeah it's
1: really good. They're brilliant aren't they? Because they yeah. just yeah, again, I want to, oh I've got so much to talk about, I want to like go back to the whole thing of, of men and women, because I'll, I'll, I'll segue to it, because okay. with, with, with women, women are seen as home cooks, aren't they? So, seen yeah. women from home, and actually, when I talked to quite a lot of our learners, um, quite a lot, of their husbands were cooks as well, but they worked mm. in restaurants, so they worked in Bangladeshi or Indian restaurants, Yeah, and so they were then kind of seen as the people that brought in the money. Yeah actually we were like no the women are also like amazing and actually these men get fueled their their, their energy is fueled by the women at home so (laughs) so we thought right why don't you guys come along and you can you can join and make a supper club so we started our supper clubs as part of fundraising efforts so we started our project with only 500 pounds worth of a grant from uh, unlimited Mm -hmm. social enterprise fund And they said, right, we'll give you the money. Um, They were fantastic. We had mentors and everything who helped us. Oh, nice. And they they gave us the money and they supported us and gave us ideas about how we could generate more income to help our project. Mm -hmm. And one of those ways was supper clubs. The other ways was doing markets, selling our dumplings and things like that so we did supper clubs we started them at my house we <laughs> started with like five people around my dinner table
0: yeah
1: um, and we would alternate so every month we would do i would do a chinese one and then mm-hmm. Caroline would do polish yeah started just to see how it worked the logistics of it people really really reacted positively to it they loved it they loved the kind of atmosphere they yeah. loved the cause of it because all the money that it was 25 pound a ticket and the money from that went into our sessions that we were running the drop-in yeah ones. So it was great. And then from there, we did about four or five at my house. And then it kind of grew and grew the popularity. So we had like 10 squeezed into my, into my dining room. <laughs> just around a dinner table. Yeah, it was just too show, much. Yeah. yeah, too intimate, too intimate. And <laughs> so we decided to approach restaurants. And the best thing is that we have a fantastic community in Levensum, mm. where restaurants and businesses and bars and cafes are just opening their doors to people and and people who are doing good things yeah. and so we had people give us their space for free so like on a monday night they would close down and they would basically it works well for them they took uh the takings on the bar mm-hmm. and we would make the food for the evening we would charge 25 pound a ticket and we'd fill the restaurant out and we'd do two sittings so we would do this we did this for about 2 years um, in lots of different places around manchester in chorlton in levenshulme yeah. And different areas. And then the women were hearing about what we were doing. And so the women were like, oh, we want to do it. So we got the women to actually run, and it became part of a lesson. So learning how to get your menu, learning yeah. how to like what food you need, like do your plan for the day, how do you prep your food, what time do you need to be there. Mm. English language is everywhere. So they were yeah. learning English in a really practical, project based way. And it was just, very 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 beneficial for them in many ways
0: yeah and it's something that they can keep so some of these women may be looking to get a job in the future or something like that even if it's just part-time so I think these types of lessons are so invaluable to them it's like it's such a a great life lesson for them to learn to and how to then that they can then interact with the rest of the community but also then go on to get a little position in a in a in a restaurant somewhere or anywhere really so it's really really good
1: so and just having that platform and then they also so I was just going to say we also do hmm. references for them as well so then oh, they were then yeah. able to one of uh Mitra, one of our good good friends she ended up um working as a I think as a lunchtime assistant at a school because yeah. Because of a reference you know yeah. so we're able to help them with cvs and jobs and yeah it's great
0: so that's, that's absolutely amazing so my next question was going to be like so how can people get involved so mm. they want to volunteer how can they volunteer but also how can people like just the joe public get involved in it as well
1: yeah sure so lots of different people can get involved in any level um for volunteer the best thing to do is go to our website and click on the volunteer with us. And then okay. there's a there's a form link that they can fill out there. Um, at the moment, we don't have any volunteering opportunities, but we, we do look through um, our list. And so yeah. hopefully we'll have, be having some later on. Um, the other thing you can do is obviously you can donate to us as well. So you can yeah. click on the link there, buy our cookbook as well. So I think those three things you can do um, very, very easily. With volunteering, it depends on when we have a project so we have our drop-in projects but we also have our private projects with our organizations so we tried to make sure that the volunteers that want to work on those it's beneficial for them as well yeah so for our last one with refugee action we made sure that uh, volunteers lived alongside two or three different languages because it was quite important for them to have to go through that same process so yeah
0: so tell us about the refugee action commissioned refugee action project
1: refugee action and other organizations like boaz trust um, and the gmiau the greater manchester aid immigration unit <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, they always they, their clients are their main aim for their clients is to resettle or to settle into life in the uk um, uh, whether that be kind of you know going through their status or going through refugee settlement um, and so part of that is making sure that they have um, well-being and therapy as well as English language classes okay. so sometimes the formal provision is not very suitable for that quite a lot of refugee action quite a lot of their clients have lived through trauma or or um, mental health um, problems or psychological. Um, Difficulties. So for them, they don't want to have these English classes. It's just they want to relax in a space. So that's right. what they came in. So they they like our method and our way of teaching where food mm-hmm. is involved, people can get involved. And so with refugee action, it's just fantastic because we work with this recent one and one before we work with um what's called the Gateway Resettlement Program. So people mm-hmm. come from the refugee camp in Kenya and they get selected so about 200 or 300 every year that get selected to come over to set, resettle in the UK. I think the government have a certain number. Then part of their program is to get them first of all basic things food, housing, everything sorted and then yeah. the second thing is to get them into the communities. So part of that is English language but then also in order to come to our classes they need to get on the bus, they need to come to our classes, they need to maybe go shopping at supermarkets to get the food that we need mm-hmm. so there's so many other daily activities there and we found that learners the outcome of that has been so super super positive because the learners not only learn english but they're communicating engaging interacting with local people people in their area with us yeah. with volunteers, with but yeah. also daily things learning how to navigate to for example Stockport to levensium so getting on the bus getting the 192 bus asking the bus driver for a ticket walking yeah. down so for for them it's the 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 benefits are huge yeah. really 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 high yeah. high levels of um confidence um reducing the isolation there just yeah. making, have looking forward to something every single week.
0: So during this lockdown how have you kept the interaction with your students and what sort of courses or has there been any drop-in sessions or online sessions? How have you managed to continue with Heart and Parcel?
1: Yeah so over the four years we've accumulated all these different projects, drop-in projects, formal projects, private projects, um, everything along the way and we had to say goodbye to all of that when yeah. lockdown happened, and we just thought, what on earth can we do? We were in touch with quite a lot of our learners uh, through WhatsApp. So we, first of all, our first thing was to just check everyone was okay, and just chat with them, see if there's anything that they need immediately. Thank, thankfully, um, the, the immediate cohort of learners were fine, there's no problems mm. with them. But they wanted to set up a WhatsApp group where we could still share stories and recipes. So we did. We set it up a little, a little uh, group of 12 of us and we were just kind of chatting and talking. And then they suggested they kind of mentioned that actually some of their friends would like to join. And, and actually it might be quite good for them. And, and do, would we know of any English classes that are happening online? And I'm lucky enough to live with my boyfriend as a uh, filmmaker oh amazing works as like a, a documentary filmmaker and he works as a kind of editor as well he's got loads of equipment in the house yeah. and I'm a teacher and we thought right let's just let's just see if we can do this so we just decided that we were going to start classes live streamed classes from this house mm. um, to our learners try and keep that provision going try and keep yeah. that kind of sharing of recipes going and we were lucky lucky enough to get uh, funding from the Wheel of Manchester charity uh, response uh, fund who gave us enough money for the equipment hire and the editor and uh, every Wednesday we have from 6pm till 7pm we have a live streamed class where I cook one of the recipes from the cookbook so I cook one of the ladies recipes oh my god it's the it's the most nerve-wracking thing I've done do you know why (laughs) because cooking a recipe by one of the women in front of them they're watching with 300 other people
0: <laughs>
1: yeah and they'll be sitting there thinking well i wouldn't have done it that way <laughs> i had to make i had to do session two i had to do um leila one of our lovely students her lentils soup because it's obviously it's ramadan at the moment yeah, so yeah. a lot of the um, ladies wanted to have some sort of recipes for that so you know Bata Das, like lentil soup really nice for for iftar yeah. and we had that. So that was fine. But then I had to make chapatis. So I had oh, to make my Rizwana, who's incredible. She has her own Facebook business now as a result of like, wow, working with us. So she cooks amazing food. It was her recipe. It was her whole meal chapati recipe. And I had to make it. And one of her stories is that her mum used to laugh at her for making the chapatis like, like a world map. Because <laughs> they're just like so badly done. Yeah. And so I was like really like trying to do it and it just turned all horrible. But
0: my mom still tells me now, like your chapati's got wrong. So don't worry.
1: But every, yeah. Everyone was so nice. Everyone was like, oh, it's fine. You're doing it right. So yeah, we have, that has been amazing. That has been actually overwhelmingly good. I'm now trying to apply for more funding because we only thought that there was going to be 24 25 people we've had 300 learners sign
0: up and it's like
1: oh my god so on top of our full-time jobs that we're doing or in other other work we're like trying to get this going at the same time so I just need more resource at the point so we've got volunteer moderators we've got volunteer moderators in the live chat being teachers got me teaching and then we've got somebody developing homework materials for them afterwards so Mm -hmm. talking about covid it's a terrible, horrible thing that happened. But from that, we have discovered this avenue that we never ever thought we would ever go down, which is these online classes. And we've reached more people than we ever thought we could. And the massive thing is, our original aim was that we were trying to reach women who are isolated. And it's like, we're now reaching all those women that we never could before
0: yeah, absolutely and i think that that's an amazing thing to come out of covid because you've obviously caught and of thought even more out of the box and creatively mm. to get to these people but it means now that you don't have to just be in manchester
1: yes exactly exactly this was a huge thing for us because when we had our we would constantly move our locations around like where 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 is the best need where's the best provision been? But now we can stay in one place and we can come to, you know, we literally zoom into the women's living rooms or kitchens and we can be there for them, which is really, really, really good.
0: How do people log on to this?
1: So they can, if you are an English language learner, you can go to our website again and it's clicked on the ESOL class and then they register there and then we give them a private link so we still try and make it just for just for safety and privacy yeah, obviously yeah we have like a kind of private group so yeah. there's we send the link to anybody who's registered at half five uh on a wednesday mm-hmm. and then we pub, uh, we publish the session the day the next day so on mm-hmm. thursday people can watch back the lesson from start to finish Um, with the comments as well but you're not you know you obviously you're not kind of interacting Um, if you are signing on with the register you also get the homework so we've got listening and speaking homework and reading and writing homework that gets sent to them and then they can fill it out and then we mark it as well so we're trying to kind of keep this as normal as possible keep uh, the classes uh, as kind of that same structure
0: amazing so i think that's absolutely brilliant i think what heart and parcel do is brilliant oh, um, and i think it's so needed in the world right now i think yes. it's so relevant it's very needed in the world right now because isolation is is massive uh, at the moment with the lockdown um, and even when we start to come out of it we're not all going to come out of it straight away it's going to be in like increments and and what have you and and i think there's a lot of women who are out there who you know, 2020 might have been their year that they were going to go and do something. So at yeah. least now you're giving them that chance to at least make a start and get in touch and start talking to other women around as well yes. and make new friends and, yes. and and not feel isolated at all because they've been able to speak to people and, and interact with other people from different communities or maybe even the same community that they didn't know about. They didn't absolutely. know that they um, lived down the road possibly. Yeah. Or like that. So I yeah. think it's absolutely amazing. And Before we end, I wanted to ask you, and, and I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, but if you, look <laughs> back, if you look back from when you started in 2015 with your idea with Carolina yeah. and, and where you are now, What words of wisdom would you give yourself back then?
1: Oh my gosh, (laughs) that's such an amazing question! I love it. I I do think be brave, be brave. I think that is so important when anybody is starting out on a social enterprise or a community project or something new that they haven't tried before. The the only thing that stopped me wasn't other people. The only thing that stopped us was ourselves. Yeah. We were so terrified of our, our thoughts of what people would think about us or whether we were the right people to be doing that or whether we were going to be able to succeed or to fail. Just, be, just try it. The only, the only thing you can do is to be brave enough to try. And if you can do that, just get to that stage. You're recognising that you will make those mistakes but learning how to then deal with those mistakes to, to put you in a different direction. Is that okay? Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> I think you guys should be so proud of the work that you've done and oh. so proud, and you should be so proud of yourself and Caroline should be so proud at how much of an amazing project you've set up and how many people's lives that you've affected in such a positive way. I think you should be so proud of that. And I am so humbled and grateful that I've been able to speak to you about I'm your so project proud. and share
1: it with people. Thank you so much for having us. It's been an absolute honour. and We're really, yeah, really, really excited to be here. Oh, thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the A Couple With podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please like the episode, subscribe, leave a comment and share. Your support means the world. See you next time.